The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast. News and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court, and the Broncos Blitz Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Of course, DraftKings, well, the wait finally over. Colorado has legalized sports betting, and understandably, it may have flown under the radar, but with sports coming back, of course, most recently over the weekend, the golf match between Peyton and Tom, and... Well, Tiger and Phil, we're starting to see some things that we can bet on, and you can do it with our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. They have launched their online sportsbook, and I tell you what, yes, they launched it, and it is a good one. It's right here in the U.S. of A, baby. They're not some offshore other gambling site. DraftKings, legitimate sportsbook based right here in the USA. And, of course, well, even with limited sports, you can get your competitive itch and reign supreme over your friends and family by trying out the DraftKings free-to-play contest. Now, these contests are easy to play. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and go to the pools category and choose from a wide variety, and I tell you what, an opportunity to win cash prizes for free. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook, a sign-up bonus of one grand, $1,000. Thousand bones, thousand big ones. It's a great, great bonus. Don't forget to enter the promo code, though, MHS. MHS is the promo code to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older in Colorado only. The bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 4700. The Denver Broncos. Look, uh, facilities beginning to reopen as uh, the country begins to reopen. Uh, that's not what we want to talk about today on the podcast. I want to get to just how good the Broncos offseason was, but I do want to notate that's kind of the big news at least uh, happening well last week as facilities start to reopen around the NFL and we just hear of the news of a major sports league, the NHL, putting together their uh, playoff system as they're going to abandon the season but continue to play in the postseason This is all another domino. This is all another stepping stone towards sports returning and maybe potentially maybe very little, if any, delay in the football season. Who knows? Certainly going to be interesting to follow as we continue. This COVID-19 era is simply just a a week-by-week, if not a day-by-day basis, as we continue to move forward, and uh, this is all new. To all of us, you know, from uh, the leagues to the teams, uh, fans and media all together. This is all a brand new territory and we're all still figuring out. But the Denver Broncos facility opening last week. And uh, look, certainly we will be monitoring how things will be going as uh, NFL teams start to, um, I I, want to say, you know, the facilities are going to open up, but... You know, things won't be back to normal like we usually still. Obviously, 
you know, not seeing them in facilities, working out as a full team. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see very much people separating. You're going to see a lot more of these Zoom calls and, you know, everybody trying to do their part to social distance. Don't want to contribute to COVID-19. But, of course, there is still very much a goal, and that goal to get better as an offense, get better as a defense. And uh, certainly they're going to have to keep that communication as Denver. Look, they have high, high hopes and high expectations to me. Bill Barnwell of ESPN put together the 2020 offseasons for all NFL 32 teams. And boy, interesting to see where Denver is across with the division rivals. Now, Denver obviously having a very good offseason from the acquisition of their offensive talent to maybe some of the ones that really flew under the radar on defense. I want to get to really quickly just briefly touching on some of the uh, AFC West teams before we get to Denver uh, because it is important to know where uh, the Denver Broncos competition is at least on a close basis. Now, uh, Bill Martinwell has Kansas City at 21 and that is the worst of the AFC West teams, although I think it should be noted that quite frankly, as long as Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes up right they could have a terrible offseason I think it's really not going to matter I think you're going to see a team that's going to be close to at least 12 wins every single year the next AFC West team is the Las Vegas Raiders talking about Mike Mayock and John Gruden getting back together for another offseason to try to help that defense that defense was just dreadful ranked 30th in the league last year and uh, look they definitely added some guys up front Malik Collins Carl Nassib uh, trying to bring the the secondary a ton of free agents from Demarius Randall, uh, former Packer, draft picks, Amick Robertson, uh, and, and Damon Arnett. I know a couple guys, uh, particularly Robinson, we were kind of talking about for the Denver Broncos. I believe it was their fourth round pick over there in Vegas. And uh, LaMarcus Joyner as well, too. And look, there's going to be a, a much improved side on the defense, but also the guy that we're talking about a lot on offense is, of course, Henry Ruggs III, selected what was at 12th overall for the Las Vegas Raiders in the draft and then Brian Edwards as well too in the third round so there really is kind of this uh, shifting of Las Vegas from you know probably probably a team that I think most people would look at that just didn't have a lot of talent they just were talent starved to starting to really see some really solid players come their way and uh, obviously getting better in the AFC West that's gonna uh, mean that hey you're gonna have to run on offense with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And so that that's a great start with Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, a tall vertical wide receiver to, to pair with more of a straight line runner. And uh, look, certainly I don't want to discredit Henry Ruggs as a kid who can absolutely take the football and uh, go sideline to sideline and, and is an, ex- an explosive playmaker. But certainly he is at his best on the run and maybe provides a a bit of a poor man's Tyreek Hill, at least on the field, uh, when it comes to actual production. So Las Vegas is the second uh, from bottom, if you will, the third best in the AFC West. The second best uh, is the Los Angeles Chargers. And that means Bill Barnwell does have the Denver Broncos as the team that improved the most in 2020 in the AFC West. I do want to get to the Chargers really quick before we get to Denver. For the Chargers, he talks about adding the veterans and particularly on that offensive line. And look, I I think this Chargers offseason, we can talk about uh, adding to the defensive line, adding to the secondary, Linval Joseph joining on to Los Angeles, obviously Chris Harris Jr. coming over from the Denver Broncos. 
having an opportunity to franchise Hunter Henry, locking up Austin Eckler, moving on from Melvin Gordon. But I think that the Chargers offseason is going to be defined by one simple move, and that, of course, is the quarterback position. Is it going to be Tyrod Taylor as the expected week one starter? Likely. But I tell you what, you know what you get in, in Tyrod Taylor. You just do. And I'm sorry, if Tyrod Taylor is starting against the Denver Broncos, whether it's in Los Angeles which is kind of like a de facto home game anyways, or in Denver, I I just don't look at that as somebody who covers the Denver Broncos and say, gosh, that is scary to look on the other side. I don't flinch. I don't, there's no sense of fear, you know, a little bit different with Derek Carr, obviously far different with Patrick Mahomes. If it's Tyrod Taylor, I just look at it and say that that's an average quarterback at best. I'm sorry. There's a reason why he's been a backup for a majority of his career Tyrod Taylor doesn't scare me. It's not to say that Justin Herbert scares me, but Justin Herbert is the unknown, and it should be noted. And this is where I think you know a little bit of the scheduling gods maybe not helping the Broncos out as much as they could. And look, certainly, I, I don't know if Justin Herbert's going to be the week one starter. And uh, quite frankly, I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, Denver, of course, in 2020, um, they don't play a division rival to start the season until, I believe, week seven when they play Kansas City. They play the Chargers in the back half. So this could play a factor in the idea that Tyrod Taylor starts the first couple games. You see what you have in Justin Herbert in practice and preseason and as a backup. And and look, obviously, God forbid, injury-wise, maybe Justin Herbert is thrown into the action or maybe he just simply replaces Tyrod Taylor. We all know that the most popular position in a football team if you don't have a franchise quarterback is the backup quarterback and particularly when it's a young strong-armed intriguing player in Justin Herbert this is going to be one of those players that I think a lot of people are going to be tooting the horn for very very quickly because you just know Tyrod Taylor ain't going to get you there at least you can try the unknown in Justin Herbert and I think if you're unknown in Justin Herbert uh, if you're a Denver Broncos fan you kind of look at that and you say you know, I don't think you're worried because I think a lot of people don't like Justin Herbert or think he's going to flourish into anything special. I, you know, I, I still say the the real important thing that you should always remember is that Justin Herbert should not be just automatically lumped into this Paxton Lynch model. Okay, Paxton Lynch was a one-off, poor quarterback. It... it, it questionable work ethic. I don't like to talk about questioning work ethic, questionable work ethic from many of the things that I've heard through my people. And so certainly, look, this is a different story with Justin Herbert, at least from what I've seen from the people that I've talked to. This is a kid that, yes, physically, yes, with the eyeball, kind of fits that same role, you know, strong arm, tall, uh, you know, through the through the pigskin around in, in college on more of a one read and go. But different story, I think, when it comes to above the shoulders, and that should help Justin Herbert, certainly in the NFL, as I believe that's the most important characteristic for a quarterback. So, of course, the Denver Broncos, that makes them the most improved team in the AFC West. But how high did they go? Bill Barnwell's top teams, number five, the Dallas Cowboys, number four, the Indianapolis Colts, and number three, the Denver 
Broncos. Here's what he had to say when he said what went right. In a world in which we really don't know whether Drew Locke is a viable NFL starter, John Elway did the best thing any general manager can do for a young, questionable quarterback. Go out and get playmakers for him. Obviously, look, we talk about Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, uh, upgrading the offensive line in Graham Glasgow. I still believe the Albert Okwebana pick is is a underrated selection. I think you could see Albert Okwebana being the top tight end for the Denver Broncos this year. Just a natural chemistry between him and Drew Locke for all those years in Missouri and the, the tight end being such a security blanket for a young quarterback. It's going to be really interesting to see the chemistry that Drew Locke and Noah Fant have, Drew Locke and Drew Locke and Albert Okwebana have throughout the throughout the year as we continue to progress and watch Drew Locke in basically his rookie year. Let's not forget this is basically his rookie year. His start in week 1 will be his sixth start, so it should be noted that this is still a kid who is is watching everything develop in front of him at a much faster rate than what a veteran quarterback would see. Now, obviously, the offseason understanding you know, where to be, where the bathrooms are at Dove Valley certainly makes things a little bit more inter- a little bit more uh, comforting. And that allows you, you hear this often, particularly with skill position players, but it allows you to play faster. You know, when you understand the cadences of your certain wide receivers, when you understand the feel and the flow of certain players on offense and how certain uh, linemen block, whatever may be the case, you know, you, you begin to learn and develop this kind of secondary feel. You know, the, with the understanding that, you know, boy, sometimes, uh, you know, your, your right or left tackle maybe guides them further out. And, and maybe that just means just a, a slight side sidestep uh, to the inside or step up just ever so slightly to know that you can buy yourself just that much time to get rid of the football or understanding that, boy, you can put the, the football basically anywhere and everywhere for Cortland Sutton and he could be kind of like your bailout guy. You know, or understand that this is how high you could throw a football before Cortland Sutton can or cannot go get it. And so, I think if you're Denver, if you're Denver, another year of that allows you to play a little bit faster on offense, but also know that you do have a lot of guys who are going to go through some rookie woes and maybe just some in general first year woes. And maybe Drew Locke is a part of that. Look, I think uh, when you look at the Denver Broncos and you say, "Hey, who's new on this offense?" It's literally everybody. You know, outside of Philip Lindsay, it's it's Drew Locke, it's Melvin Gordon, it's Jerry Judy, it's KJ Hamler, it's Graham Glasgow. You're probably going to see uh, Lloyd Cushenberry at the center position as a new offensive lineman. Uh, quite frankly, Juwan James, the right tackle, a new addition because he didn't play very much last year. So uh, you're going to see so many. Um, you know, Albert Okwebana, you can even throw in at the tight end position. I think you're going to see a, a, a couple misfires or miscues just through the idea of um, lack of experience or lack of the ability to play fast because you're still kind of finding your footing. I think I think Denver on offense, we're really going to see an offense that's going to flash some major potential. And I think this offense, at least today, you know, as we come to the end of May, the way I look at it is going to be one of those offenses that we say middle, maybe towards the later end of the year, week 12, 13, 14. I think this is going to be one of those offenses where we say, boy, they're one year away. 
They're one year away from putting it all together. They're, they've got all the pieces. And the gumbo is, is being stirred in the pot. But it's kind of one of those things where it's still cooking. It's still cooking. And we're still waiting for it to heat up. And you know what? When it does heat up, it's going to be fantastic. But... We have to wait, and we have to be patient, and I think that's what we're going to be saying. That's just my prediction as I look at it right now towards the end of May. We will see how they look in training camp preseason, and maybe they speed that process up. Who knows? But number three on Bill Barnwell's uh, listing from ESPN is the Denver Broncos. Now, let's talk about what went wrong, because again, it was not all roses, certainly for the Denver Broncos. Now, he does mention, and he singles out Melvin Gordon as potentially a valuable player, but also too inconsistent to justify the two-year $16 million deal, particularly when you're marginalizing Philip Lindsay, a guy who's rushed for 1,000 yards back-to-back years, and then he obviously notates that the Denver Broncos did not find a challenger, a challenger or a suitable replacement for number 72. I don't even think I need to say his name. These are very valid um, concerns, and I'm actually going to add a concern as well, too. But I do want to start with Melvin Gordon, who, uh, look, I, I think Melvin Gordon is going to be one of those players that's just simply defined by the production. Look, if this guy is at... 1,000, 1,200 yards total offense. He's catching footballs out of the backfield. He's an effective player for that Denver Broncos offense. You're going to look at that contract, and you're going to totally forget about it. You're not going to remember that they paid probably a little bit more for Melvin Gordon when they could have got maybe Devonta Freeman on a, a cheaper deal or somebody later in the draft in the third, fourth round. You're not going to remember that contract if Melvin Gordon is effective. If Melvin Gordon is not effective, obviously, that's the first thing you're going to point at. And so that's where I think this is a signing that's actually not that bad. Because if we are defining the signing as poor or uh, great based on the production... It's not the actual contract that we're really grading. We're grading the player. So it's more of an evaluation of the player, which obviously we have not been able to see moving for uh, you know for now. I mean, we, we won't be able to say if this was a solid one or not. It's kind of like a draft pick. Um, so I, I think if you're the Denver Broncos with the Melvin Gordon move, I understand it because of all the years to bring in somebody who could be a weapon for that offense, this is probably the year. Look to, to build around the young quarterback with the idea that, hey, you got one more option and particularly one out of the backfield who works really well with Pat Shermer's offense. I think if you're the Denver Broncos and signing Melvin Gordon, that's a that's a fine signing and, and one that I think we're going to grade based on the production. Now, obviously, they get no production. It's going to be a total failure, but Bill Barnwell, I think, is is doing a lot of this grading based on the contract. I wouldn't be doing it based on the contract. I'd be doing it based on the product. Now, the lack of a challenger or replacement in general for Garrett Bowles. It's not to say that it's completely out of the picture yet. Okay, Kelvin Beecham, Cordy Glenn, Jason Peters still out there. There are options that maybe if things sway the right way, guys take a pay cut or maybe become a little bit cheaper than we thought. I don't think this is going to be the case, but Denver certainly still has options out there left to potentially find the replacement for Garrett Bowles. 
in the event where they go to training camp with Garrett Bowles there at the left tackle position competing with Elijah Wilkinson, this is obviously not ideal. I'll be the first to tell you that. I'm also going to be the first to tell you that I'm not so sure there was exactly a great replacement out there either. Let's remember, they are uh, you know, a team that really didn't have a option to pick up a bona fide stud at left tackle in the draft. There was really not any one of those guys that you're willing to break the bank on in free agency at the left tackle position. And again, Kelvin Beecham, Cordy Glenn, Jason Peters, while solid players, you know, guys who are either up there in age, uh, quite pricey for their age, and or, uh, you know, guys who I, I really don't know how much of a major impact the bang for the buck, the ROI on that contract, I don't know is worth it. I think there's a lot of this echo chamber of wanting to replace Garrett Bowles for just the sake of getting rid of Garrett Bowles. Look, you have to understand, and and we saw this last year when there were times where they were kind of cycling players around, you know, when Austin Schlotman and, and Elijah Wilkinson were thrown into the mix, Jake Rogers, I think, for a half or something like that at home. You just can't plug a different name in there and expect production. You know, there, there has to be a real solution there because I assure you, with all due respect, it's not Jake Rogers. It's not Austin Schlotman. They need a complete rebuild on this, quite frankly, both sides when it comes to the tackles. They need a complete rebuild and restructure. And, and this year, I don't think is just where they're going to get it. And, and obviously, this is a little bit more hindsight now because this is more after the fact. But this is what I said prior to free agency is be be ready for the idea that Garrett Bowles is going to be your starter at left tackle in day one. Now, he's going to compete with Elijah Wilkinson. And I get and maybe Elijah Wilkinson steps up and and uh, really shows something to the Denver Broncos and says, you know what, we're going to go with Wilkinson over Bowles. Or maybe Bowles snaps out of it. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's it's more of a mental issue than a physical. We know Garrett Bowles is a strong player. We know this guy can pancake players and play with a bit of a mean streak. But there is is basic fundamentals from footwork to positioning. And, and I think there's a bit of this mental kind of domino effect that happens. You know, he, he allows a sack and then all of a sudden he gets into his head and then he wants to hold because he doesn't want to get his quarterback killed. And then he destroys drives. There's nobody in the NFL that I would want more evaluating an offensive lineman than Mike Munchak. Okay. Nobody in the NFL. So, quite frankly, nobody in the world. He's the guy, okay? If he can't turn you around, I don't know who can. Now, we may be in a situation where one year wasn't enough. The understanding that Mike Munchak's got to work on you for a little bit longer period. You know, football is not just a snap of the finger type thing. You know, I understand people want in today's world where it's instant gratification and we want things to just immediately change right now and automatically get better and poof, you know, we're, oh, great, we got a better left tackle. That's not how this works in football. Football's a very difficult sport. It's very complex. You you do need to give some time to these players and to these coaches to instill their schemes, instill their their uh, beliefs, and and teach these guys. And you know what? I'm gonna be truly honest. I kind of felt bad for that offensive line when they were blocking for Joe Flacco last year because we all knew 
Joe Flacco was nothing special. Joe Flacco wasn't going to help them out. There was nothing great about Joe Flacco. There was nothing. And we all knew that it was going to be a disaster. But uh, for some reason, we dump on the offensive line like they're just this awful unit when Joe Flacco was clearly the problem. And you know what? Guess who played better when Drew Locke was inserted into the football team? Now, I understand that this doesn't mean that they're just immediately a better unit. But it should be noted, okay, when you are cooking something and you're trying to make shrimp cocktails and you don't have shrimp and you have a finished product that is a cocktail without shrimp, it's not the chef's fault. You didn't give the chef the shrimp. Okay, so this is one of those things that I think we're going to see play out early in the season immediately if this offensive line can be manageable, at least for this year. Uh, the, the hope is that, uh, you know, the Mike Munchak got into the brain of, of Garrett Bowles and said, hey, tinker with this, you know, kick the leg out this way, always, you know, uh, face this way when you got this certain type of pass rusher on you. And look, yeah, I, I'm in firm belief. Uh, Garrett Bowles, I, I think, can be uh, somebody who can be an average player. I don't think Garrett Bowles is going to be this all-world talent. Uh, you, that ship has sailed. And, and, and if Garrett Bowles has issues blocking Joey Bosa or, uh, you know, somebody screaming around the edge who's, who's gone to several Pro Bowls, a J.J. Watt or whatever, I, that's fine. I got it. It's, it's Joey Bosa. Nobody's blocking Joey Bosa. But it's the constant holdings, and it's this timing of them. You know, it's killing those drives. It's, and, and for whatever the reason why, just, just coincidence, I think the magnification of that echo chamber of wanting to replace Garrett Bowles was magnified when... Garrett Bowles had several plays that were called back that were really good plays. You know, I, I mean, just off the top of my head, I can remember the long pass to Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I believe it was in the Kansas City game. Uh, there were a couple touchdowns called back. Uh, you know, one running from Philip Lindsay. Uh, you know, these long completions or these great plays that happen to be great plays for the Broncos, and then they're called back because of 72. And so that that kind of amplifies, you know, really in general it shouldn't matter, but the reality is is that that was the result of the play, and sometimes it's away from the play penalties that just simply kill you, and the hope is that the Denver Broncos can try to at least limit that this year. I don't think you're ever going to eliminate that. I think that really is truly who Garrett Bowles is. I don't know if you're going to get any better of a player than you saw last year, but certainly I suppose if there was a head coach to really put your faith into it, it's probably Mike Munchak, and the hope is that he can get through to Garrett Bowles this year because the Denver Broncos are going to need it because Drew Locke, you can't have him running around with like a chicken with his head cut off. I mean, you just, you've got to get something out of that position this year. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends at DraftKings. The DraftKings Sportsbook, it's America's top-rated sportsbook app. The wait is finally over. DraftKings, they've brought legal sports betting to Colorado, and while, yeah, maybe it's flown under the radar because there's no NFL, but there's still plenty of sports to talk about between UFC and uh, golf, NASCAR. Hopefully, y'all were betting on Peyton Manning. He took Tom Brady to the cleaners. Sorry, Tom. Over there on the uh, the golf course and doing that for charity. I thought that was a pretty cool deal. And you can bet that over at DraftKings. And I tell you what, they've launched that online sports book created by sports fans 
for sports fans. There's no, this is no offshore operation. This is no shady stuff. This is legitimate sportsbook based right here in the U.S. of A, baby, so you can be confident that your funds are secured. In this time of limited sports, this is your chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme over your friends and family by trying out DraftKings' free-to-play contest, which are really cool. Contest easy to play. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of contests and opportunities to win cash prizes for free. Here's the deal. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. That's MHS. When you sign up for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook, a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code MHS to get your sign-up bonus. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonuses comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to $500. Deposit, deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by our friends over there at DraftKings Sportsbook. We thank them so much for the sport. And, of course, for DraftKings, hey, uh, go on over there and check out some of the futures as well, too, as the Denver Broncos. You know, it's a, it's a quiet time in the NFL, but I think we're, we're starting to get that excitement, right? We're starting to get that rev up. The, we now know this is what the team looks like, and we're going to start to talk about uh, depth charts and competitive uh, you know, positions where some guys are going to be on the chopping block. Some guys are going to be free agents. What is this team going to look like? We will continue to cover it over at the Broncos Blitz podcast. And, of course, if you've missed any Broncos Blitz podcast, be sure to check out the archive over there at milehighsports.com and the Broncos Blitz podcast uh, multiple times per week during the off season. We're always trying to interact with you as well, too. You can find me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter, where, of course, we're always talking Broncos, blue and orange, or anything in between regarding this team. Very cool stuff over over there at milehighsports.com in regards to coverage of the Broncos. And if you like what we do at the Broncos Blitz Podcast, hey, be sure to subscribe. Give us five stars on the many different locations that you can find this podcast, whether that be Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or milehighsports.com. we got a lot of cool stuff going on over there at milehighsports.com. A lot of betting stuff coming up. Uh, tell you what, makes it a lot more fun. we got some skin in the game, and you do so with our friends over there at DraftKings Sportsbook. We are all done for the Broncos Blitz Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. Hey, send me a uh, message on Twitter or uh, just interact. If you have a question regarding the Broncos, I'll be sure to answer them. At Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. All done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time. A podcast from Mile High Sports and MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.